Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. Hey, Star Henderson here, host of Thought Leaders to Watch. This episode, we have thought leader, Allie Muller. Hi, Allie. Hi, how are you? I'm well, and I'm really glad to um, get to know you today. We're going to talk about innovation. We're going to talk about your impact. And I want to start with what does being a thought leader mean to you? Well, being a thought leader means to me helping other people find their genius. So that's the whole reason why I sort of became a bit of a corporate refugee, broke away from that and started to do what I wanted to do was because I feel the value in teaching other people how to find their inner genius, be able to create innovative ideas and do the things that they probably thought that they were never able to do. So I just want to share my knowledge with people about how I've built startups and how I've created businesses so they can do exactly the same and live out their dreams. And that's what it means. Yeah. So um, you found your, your passion or your path and um, you know how that is supposed, you know, looked for you. And so um, can you start maybe rewind the clock and, you know, did you always think that this is what you do? No, I didn't actually. I probably always thought that I would be, you know, this, you know, good corporate employee. I'd rise through the ranks. I was, um, I was doing leadership programs. I was a general manager. So I was doing all those things that were probably just, you know, ticking the box of, you know, what you do after you've done a whole pile of university degrees. Um, but I, it just, it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't fulfilling enough. And mm-hmm. I, I must admit, I think I'm a bit of a rogue uh, deep down inside because I'm not somebody that can just always walk the corporate line. If if something's not quite right or I don't believe in the strategy, I do find it very difficult. So I think that's where launching out and becoming a a consultant initially Mm -hmm. um, was a great move for me. And then going down that path, I found that Um, I was consistently able to help people through my methodologies and through my frameworks um, do the things that they didn't think that they could do and show them that, well, if we help you with the tools and the thought processes and, you know, we give you a bit of guidance, you can be just as much the genius as everyone else that is around you. And it really was just helping people kick through that process. So, it, it took a while to get there. It's not something that happens <laughs> overnight, obviously. Right. Yeah, and it's always one of those things. It's it's the it's the years of experience of actually, well, you know, going through startups myself, um, going through things that have worked, going through things that have failed. Because you know that's all part of the journey, right? Not everything sure. is going to be successful. And then working out, well, what are the things that work for me? And then from that, I built my own nine-step framework Mm -hmm. um, to make that work. And then I 
you know, said, well, I'm going to do this in a whole pile of organisations because I understand the corporate framework and corporates think and, you know, how to work with boards and leadership teams. And then I realised that just works time and time again. So, you know, that's something that I wanted to give to more people, make more people be able to use that framework. Yeah. So from refugee to rogue, or really a rogue to refugee, um, and back again. So you've circled back to helping corporations, um, specifically in the field of innovation. So can you share a story um, where you've had some impact around a company with the thoughts and the leading um, and the programs that you do? Absolutely. So one of the things I do is I like them to rethink innovation. So we have this process where we must be disruptive or hugely technology based or, you know, this, you know, this almost like we're searching for a unicorn Mm. um, in innovation. And I like them to step back and rethink. Um, And what I like to do is find the inner genius inside the organization, because I believe that the workers inside the organization have all the ideas. We just need to work out how to tap into that. Mm-hmm. And my favourite story um, is that when um, I was working at one of the airports in Australia, helping them with their innovation portfolio and their program, one of the lighting uh, engineers um, and maintenance workers came and spoke to me and he said that he's got this fabulous idea and he just wasn't sure what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reality, what he was telling me was that every fortnight around the world, this is a standard practice, not just in Australia, is they have to really get down there and they scrub these runway lights, which are called lenses, to make sure that there's no debris, there's no rubber off the tyres and that they can shine as bright as possible. Right, yeah, safety. Yeah, exactly, right? We all want a plane that's going to land really safely, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realise that they're on their hands and knees at night, in the middle of the night, um, scrubbing it with this like steel wall and chemical um, because Mm -hmm. that's really the only way to get the rubber off and he said I think I've got a better way and I thought well there's got to be a better way than that (laughs) and what they worked out was um and we gave them a process around thinking around building an incubation process and around starting to think about what a you know minimum viable product for this would look like Mm -hmm. and they built for want of a better term excuse my girly terms but it's like a gurney gun which is a high pressure Um, water blasting gun that actually but what they put in it was bicarbonate of soda okay they were using a soda which is which is fantastic and the reason why this is amazing is it's it's not going to hurt the environment it uses very little water Mm -hmm. and anything that runs off is going to go into the estuaries and the in the creekways around this airport where we are in australia and it's not going to hurt any of the wildlife or cause any problems And so we tried it and we worked out that it was going to clean the lights better Mm -hmm. and it was going to be faster. So they could use half the staff. They were using less than half the money to clean this and they had brighter lights. So we went from a really small little MVP to something that they went to a commercial industrial design solution um long story very short but they built this over the course of a year and lots of testing to make sure this was correct and it was safe and they could do this um the savings back to the business are unbelievably significant the safety mechanism is a crazy it's really good so they're not on their hands and knees they're constant contact with the tower they're doing everything that they need to do and they're using half the staff which is really good the environment's really happy 
Um, but the biggest benefit of all was that we had a series of people that worked in the business that were really cleaners, maintenance, engineer type people. And they came back and they said to me, we didn't think we could ever do this. Right. We, we didn't think we could ever participate in a strategic innovation mm-hmm. program. And we didn't think that we would be able to have this type of impact on not only the people around us, but the, the, our workplace, because they have such great pride in working at the airport. So not only was it game-changing for the bottom line, the human-centric game-changing process for how they felt about themselves in the workplace far outweighs any money that came back to the organisation, in my opinion. <laughs> well, it's a very um, respected opinion. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the story there is about the the person and, and the team and the confidence that that builds. And you and I know, and I'm sure our audience knows too, right? One idea behind one idea is another 40 ideas, right? And until you unlock that first one. And so that's, you know, what I see you in the business of doing is helping unlock those ideas. Absolutely. And it really just takes a couple to come through. And then all of a sudden we see a floodgate open for all the ideas. And, you know, one of the things that's been really amazing with, you know, 2020 was a really tough year. Let's let's face it, it was tough for every organisation. But one of the things I realised was the, the organisations that we work with through my company um, was when they had a portfolio of these innovation ideas, a lot of them were preformed because they had done a lot of work on them, but perhaps they weren't ready to go. Um, this gave them the emphasis to say, okay, what's ready to go? What's not? What are we going to do? And it gave them the push to go through some of these ideas a little faster. Mm-hmm. But because they had an engaged employee base who was ready to work and understood how their ideas need to be put together to make sense for everybody in the organisation mm-hmm. and that innovation wasn't just about being this bright, flashy, shiny, you know, unicorn type thing. It was actually about how do we make our jobs more sustainable but also how do we make sure our customer stays with us? Sure. And it changed the complexion of innovation for these organisations and, and they've been able to go through this process, some of them mostly unscathed, but, you know, in a reasonable way, but, you know, with satisfied employees, which is really what we're looking for, happy, satisfied employees. Right, yeah, they can bring more ideas to the table. They're inspired to and empowered to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've been saying innovation, but your title of your book is Corporate Innovation. And so I'm guessing that that connection, right, is um, these ideas coming within or, you know, you can confirm or deny. (laughs) Absolutely. So what I'm asking employee uh, organizations to really think about is looking deep inside. That's why I call it the innovation, Mm -hmm. because one of the myths and challenges that I unlock with boards and executive teams a lot is that they're looking outside for innovation. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the incubation hubs, the startup community, this hustle culture of what's happening outside. And what I'm trying to teach them and make sure that they unlock in their thinking is that you've got all the great gold inside your organisation. Not only do you have wonderful people inside your organisation, you've just got to work out how to engage them in that space. But these are the people that understand your blind spots. So they work with your internal customers, your external customers every day. They see the problems. They've they've, they've done the workarounds. They've looked at all the different issues. Um, And sometimes they're frustrated, so they go and do their own thing and they work around something. We need to tap into that to make it better because it actually is about how we make all the small things better every day Mm -hmm. to make a more 
robust and sustainable organization so that we're not a one-hit wonder or, you know, we actually have really longevity in the market from our organizational perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I see that and hear that so often. And, you know, technology is wonderful. We wouldn't be able to do things like this without Zoom. And we wouldn't have been able to, re, you know, work in 2020 remotely without Zoom. Technology is amazing. Um, but you're right. That's kind of flashy. And, um, you know, it's not always where the wonder comes from. Um, those small changes. Exactly. Yeah. So I see uh, the stack of books behind you. Um, I'd like to ask you if you have a book to recommend to our audience that has impacted um, your life or your work. Yeah, so one of the books I really love, um, and I'm a huge advocate actually of the company as well, but it's the, it's the Netflix story. It's the book That'll Never Work by Mark Randolph. And the reason I love that a lot mm-hmm. is because it wasn't about how they go in there and blow up the market. They weren't trying to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. They were just trying to make an amazing customer experience. Yeah. And yeah. so it wasn't something that happened overnight. And this is what I really love about the story. It was how they did those small little things consistently every day and tweaked the business model and changed it until they got it right to make sure they understood what their customer wants how they get it right and how they get there. And if you think about an organisation that went from mail-out VHS tapes and DVDs Mm -hmm. to where they are today, I just think it's a sensational story and one that's, I think, um, misunderstood a little bit in the market. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, we actually just signed back up for DVDs in the mail. Being in, you know, there's st- still rural places in America where it's just better, you know, instead of waiting for downloads. Um, we, uh, can, you know, so we got movie night twice a month or three times a month. It's, it's a, uh, it's a favorite of ours for sure here at the house. Yeah, I'm very good. Yeah. So um, you're making changes and you're um, helping companies. How does that feel? Um, you know, what is the impact that back on yourself or the, um, you know, what's in it for you? To what, What's in it for me? It's, yeah. um, this is the thing that gets me out of bed every day. So um, it would be really easy to go and do my own startup or do it. I think so I've had a couple of those. Um, but what makes me super happy is being able to teach people all the knowledge um, and be able to find that inner genius inside themselves, give them the tools and make them more productive in this space because it makes them a better employee, it makes them happy. Um, The impact on me, the thing I love the most is not about, you know, it's great that we see wonderful ideas come through organisations, whether they're technology or not. It's when I get the emails back that say, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I didn't think that innovation was going to be part of what I was ever going to be able to achieve. Um, and, and that makes me so happy because I want it to be accessible to everyone, right? Um, not just, you know, these what they believe is crazy thought leader thinkers. So I want to show people it's not just for us, it's actually everybody's job. Mm-hmm. And if I can teach more people to do it, it makes me really happy. Yeah, well, you certainly make it accessible. When I think about it not having to be technology, and I think about it being small changes and solving a problem, probably, um, in fact, I've probably innovated or innovated um, already. It's just, you know, I haven't put that into motion across, you know, whether it's a family space or my workspace. Um, you know, like you said, I, I, I think I heard you say, you know, if you're talking to your employees, they have workarounds. 
that's the, that's the innovation, you know, and you don't think about it that way. You just think, you know, it's something big and flashy. Um, so yeah, accessible for sure. So, um, how, when people want to work for, with you, it's allymuller.com, your website, um, but what are they going to find there? And then, um, you know, how do they follow through and contact you? They'll find all my contact details there. So they'll also find where they can get a copy of the book there. It's also available in good bookstores all around the world. So um, you can get it at Barnes & Noble um, and Book Depository and Amazon uh, in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you'll also be able to find a little bit about what we do as a consultant um, as well. So what our consultant offering is, or, you know, you can have um, a look at me and find out what we do from a masterclass perspective. Mm -hmm or just as a keynote speaker, depending on what you need. Or if you're just interested in finding out a little bit more, check out the blog where I'm always talking about um, all the things that, you know, you don't need to be involved with. So how do we debunk the myths of innovation? What are my, what are my different frameworks? I'm always putting out some different steps and frameworks to help people through some thinking models. So lots of information to have a look at there as well. Always thought leading. Always thought leading. Thanks for your time, Allie, at AllieMuller.com. Thank you very much. Catherine Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, Please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thought Leaders to Watch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.